Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to talk Utah football with Utah tight end Brand Keithy. This is Brand Keithy with Bill Riley. Presented by Craig Swap and Associates. One call, that's all. An exclusive weekly conversation on the Bill Riley Show. Now let's get to the voice of the Utes, Bill Riley and Utah senior tight end or wide receiver. Never mind, just call him an offensive weapon. Brand Keithy on your home of the Utes. Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, it's a Wednesday, not a Tuesday here on the Bill Riley Show. Noontime hour. I was off yesterday, and uh, so we, we it, camp is weird. Camp is funny. We move things around just a little bit sometimes. Got to be flexible. These guys have crazy schedules. Hey, I had a crazy schedule yesterday, too. So uh, we're doing our Brant Keithy with Bill Riley today, brought to us by our friends at Craig Swap and Associates. Uh, because we weren't able to do it on a Tuesday, we'll do a little recap of last Saturday's scrimmage. We'll find out where the boys are. We're we're just we're past the mid midway point of camp at least. Camp actually wraps up over the weekend, and then they're into school and everything else, and kind of a regular schedule after this. So we'll talk to Brand about all that stuff and how he sees things developing, and maybe talk a little bit about the Florida Gators because I'm going to guess they're probably. I, I know they're mixing some stuff in because it was a practice yesterday, and I saw two guys wearing Anthony Richardson jerseys. Uh, Nate. Johnson and Brandon Rose are both Anthony Richardson right now, at least in some sessions for Utah football. So anyway, without further ado, we bring in Utah's offensive weapon. Sometimes he's a tight end. Sometimes he's a wide receiver. Always a guest on this program on Tuesdays and in this week, uh, Wednesday, Brant Keithy. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. So um, we're past the halfway point of camp. You guys have been in it now for two weeks. People always get confused because I say camp wraps up. You, you guys move out, you know, you get back into your houses, you get back into kind of a regular school routine next week because classes begin. It's not the double days and the two-a-days. Practice still goes, but the camp portion wraps up this week. Yeah, it's, it's been great so far. Um, a lot of work has been done every single day, and um, I'm, I'm happy with the progression that we've made as a team. Defense looks great. Offense looks great. We're basically fully installed in our whole playbook, and uh, it's all about fine-tuning every single thing. And kind of just getting the technique and fundamentals down, and so far it's going great. So we, we, uh, we the last couple of days being out of practice, we've asked guys, because we didn't have access to the scrimmage last Saturday and didn't get to talk until Monday. So um, scrimmages are big in fall camp. In, in, in other fall camps are a lot bigger, especially when you're setting depth charts and trying to figure out position battles. You guys don't have a lot of those on your team this year, but you're still setting the depth chart. You're figuring out rotations and things like that. So from your vantage point, and I know a lot of the starters didn't play big reps, but how did, how did the, uh, how did the scrimmage go last Saturday? Yeah, it went well. Um, I mean, most of it was thud, but uh, we had a, 
a good amount of live sessions uh, for the ones, I mean, for the twos, and ones didn't have as much, but it went well. Um, a lot of the guys that expected to step up and make plays did, and uh, some kind of surprised me. And defense was physical as always, but um, the O-line surprised me. A lot of guys stepped up, and it was great work. So you, you tell me, what did you expect from the scrimmage and what you got last Saturday? Was it what you expected? I think it was better um, okay. just going into it and not really having a lot of expectations because um, I think when you when you have a lot of expectations, you kind of let yourself down in some areas. And uh, I kind of just went into it in open mind and just know it's like at the end of the day, we still have two, three weeks left until Florida. And that's a lot of time. And in sense that we have a good amount of practices left, and I really like the progression that we're making, and we still have a little bit to go and as far as cleaning up some things, but a lot of guys made plays, and uh, the receivers are looking good so far. Yeah, Kyle's talked throughout camp of feeling like the team overall and the offense, too, was kind of maybe ahead of where you usually are in camp. Is that just – do you still feel that way, Brant? And does it is it really because there's so many experienced guys back that you're not having to stop practice or stop a scrimmage and, you know, talk about this or point a guy in the right direction? Do you feel like you're still ahead of schedule? For sure, and having a guy, uh, having a lot of guys come back as far as, I mean, the tight ends, uh, Cam, running backs, receivers, all those guys coming back, and O-Block, a lot of those guys coming back, uh, it's great to have, especially in the leadership room, because uh, we had a lot of new guys come in, especially this summer, and kind of seeing how they're progressing, kind of just sitting back and just letting things happen, and a lot of the older guys are kind of bringing them along, and especially in the receiver room, we have a lot of young guys, and they're stepping up, and uh, Money Parks, Makai, they're all doing great, uh, making good progression, especially from last year. And I love the progress that they're making, and um, it's only up from here. You know, it's funny, uh, speaking of Money Parks, you've mentioned him. When I've talked to Cam, Cam's mentioned him. But Kyle Whittingham the other day at practice, or after practice when we talked to him, I think it was on Monday, I, I, I asked him the question. I said, you know, every year there's a couple of guys that return that kind of make a jump, that kind of make that leap, and everybody sees it and everybody notices and he's like, well, I'll give you two, one on each side of the ball. He said, on the defensive side, Mickey Suratuaraga, he has made a huge jump. And he said, on the offensive side of the ball, it's Money Parks. So, Kyle's seeing it. You've seen it. Cam's seen it. That's, that's good news for this offense, right? Yeah, especially, I mean, it's just testament to uh, Money's work. And um, over the past couple of years, he's had to mature a little bit. And I think over the summers, and especially his fall camp, Solomon Enos and uh, Devon Bailey have done a great job and kind of bringing up the new guys and especially money and uh, money knows what he's capable of doing. He just has to do it. And so far he's doing great. Uh, he's making plays, uh, no really mental errors. He's doing a great job so far. And Mickey, he's a great guy. Um, I, I love that dude. He's one of the best people on the team. And it's crazy to see when he got here till now, uh, he's a totally different player. It's really interesting, too, because he's being – Mickey's being mentioned. You think about the last five years of Utah football. The best pass rushers on the team, they've all been Hawaiian. It was Bradley and I for three years, and then it was Mika Tafua for two years. Mickey might be that next great edge-rushing Hawaiian in the Utah pipeline. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but um, <laughs> just great players and great people, too, and – the thing about Mickey is uh, his work ethic is second to none. He works as hard, and he doesn't complain. He doesn't uh, he doesn't ask for anything. He just works, and um, he's all give. And 
I love the dude, and I'm happy for where he's at, and just excited to see where uh, what the season can do for him. As far as Money Parks goes, it's funny you say you know you have to learn a lot of things. You know, people just think wide receiver is a pretty easy position. You learn your routes, you go. But you know, when you're a wide receiver in high school, all you're really doing is out athleting a guy. I mean, that's really all you're doing. And really, that's high school fo- – in a lot of ways, that's kind of high school football in general. You, it, the better athletes can just beat dudes on the other side. And when you're lined up at wide receiver, you know, you you might be taller or faster or strong. You just run by guys. I mean, there's no routes. You're just running by a guy either on a post or a go. And so when you get to college, you can't do that. I mean, if you're the elite of the elite, you can do that. But most guys – you're having to learn to be a wide receiver because in high school, you're not really a wide receiver. You're just a pass catcher. You and your quarterback, he just tosses it up and you go get it, right? Yeah, and I mean, for money, he's a fast dude, so he, he can run by guys, but uh, I think the progression he's made is just release moves and kind of just in the receiver room in general. But having a guy like Devon Bailey and Solo, just kind of bringing him up and kind of learning from him, especially Devon, who, who I say is probably one of the best route runners on the team, if not the best. And um, just learning from a guy like that, especially when I was in the room, uh, is great to have. And it's great knowledge just to kind of be able to input. And um, it's just good. And especially for money, the progress he's made, it shows. So I, I wanna, I'll ask you the same question I asked Kyle. And you can't give the same answer. You can't say Money Parks and Mickey. Give me two guys, because you're an old man on this team now, two guys you've seen kind of make that jump, if you will, a great improvement from last year to this year. They don't have to be freshmen, just somebody that's maybe seeing more time or you've seen great improvement from last year to now. Mm. One on e- Give me one on each yeah. side of the ball. One of your offensive guys, one of your defensive guys. Okay, well, um, I wouldn't say this is a surprise, but this is a guy that I've kind of wanted to see. Uh, he's new, but yeah. he just got here. And coming off a of shoulder surgery, I didn't know how he was going to be. I didn't really watch him much at Florida, but – Mamou Diabate, I mean, the dude is strong, and uh, he's fast, he's quick. He's a guy that I didn't really have a ton of expectations for. I, I knew what he did at Florida, but coming off an injury, you don't really know how someone's going to be. And uh, so far, the dude has exceeded my expectations, and he's going to be a great player for us. And uh, for the offensive side, um, ooh, this one's a hard one. But um, Paul Miley. Okay. And you haven't really seen much of him, but – He's a great leader in, in the O-block room and a guy that we need, uh, especially at the center position where um, you kind of have to make a lot of the calls and, and whatnot. And seeing Paul kind of step up into that role and, and play how he's played, I'm happy for him. I, I thought you might go with your guy Thomas Yasmin because you've told me, and so has Dalton, that Thomas has made some great strides. He finally kind of, after four years, looks comfortable playing tight end and playing American football. Yeah, oh, yeah, Thomas has made great strides. I forgot about him. <laughs> Sorry, Thomas. But, uh, no, um, yeah, no. I love all these dudes, but Thomas has made great strides. Uh, over the past couple of years, you've kind of seen him mold into a football player. Uh, he didn't really know football in general um, before he got here, and each year he's learning more and more, and he's, it's finally clicking for him, finally. Uh, playing the position, especially tight end position, it's not the easiest on the team because of all the things that we have to know blocking-wise, route-wise, um, just scheme-wise in general, because we have so many areas that we can line up in. And um, for him to learn all those things, especially at the rate he has done it over the past four years, it really does show. And um, I'm just kind of excited to see what he can do this year and uh, the opportunities he gets. Well, you, you think about it. 
there's probably not another sport in the world, just look at uh, domestically or internationally, that's more complicated than American football is. You just think about that for a minute. Thomas has a, can't remember if it's a rugby or an Aussie rules football, maybe it's both background. Though, I'm not saying those sports aren't somewhat complicated, but you're not lining up every single play. There's not seven different route combinations you could run or blocking patterns you have on every single play. It's, it's just a lot more running and athleting and kind of improvising in some of those sports. Baseball, complicated sports. Some people say so, but not, not so much when you boil it down. Basketball, it's five guys versus five guys. There's plays and movements you have to know, but it, you think about this. It, football's a tough sport if you grew up watching it, playing it, and it, it's in your DNA. Imagine never having watched it or grown up playing it until four or five years ago and trying now to play it at an elite level. That's why I've got great respect for these guys that come over that haven't played before and, and pick this up and are able to play at the collegiate Pac-12 Power 5 level. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine um, going from one sport to a completely new sport. Yeah, you use a ball, but it's totally different. The things you have to know and learn and just the little technique things that you had no clue that you need to learn, uh, especially at the position that we play. But just in general in football, there's so many areas that you can do special teams. You can either play offense or defense. And um, it's kind of a testament to what he does because uh, learning that in four years instead of uh, how many years I've done it, like 15, like it's insane. And um, I couldn't imagine doing that. But at the same time, going into a whole new system where you don't know a sport, uh, it definitely is hard, especially when he first got here, because you don't know anything. And uh, the pressures from that, I couldn't imagine, but he's done a great job at kind of handling that. Brant Keithy's in studio with us today here on the Bill Riley Show. It's Brant Keithy with Bill Riley, presented by Craig Swap and Associates. I want to ask about you now. Um, we know you're playing multiple positions. You're playing wide out. You're playing some tight end, too. Andy has always, since Andy Ludwig got here three years ago, he's used you in a variety. I remember the first time I saw you get the call on an end around. I'm like, okay, he's calling a tight end on an end around. All right, he's going to get creative. He's used you in a lot of ways. Um, with you playing kind of multiple positions this year, and you, you don't have to give away the playbook, but has Andy found a few more ways to get creative with you this year? Are we going to see Brant Keithy doing some things we haven't seen him do before? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm hoping we call the plays. Are you but, excited? Uh, yeah, for, yeah. I'm, I'm always excited. But any opportunity I can kind of be on the field, whether it's getting the ball or it's not getting the ball, um, I'm just really grateful just to have the opportunity to do that. But, um, yeah, just him kind of giving me that role and kind of doing a lot of things on the offense, it's a little bit challenging sometimes, but at the same time, like, I kind of embrace it because – not a lot of guys do that, and it kind of adds so much areas that I can do. And um, when one team kind of expects me to line up in this position, I get out there and I'm in a totally new position. And I think that's what the best thing about playing that role. Um, if I was at one position, I think I would get kind of bored. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of how I've always been. I've always wanted to do more and more. And especially this year, um, I think he's going to have me do some things that a lot of people haven't seen me do yet. And uh, – I'm excited for that. Just kind of have to fine-tune some things, but um, I'm excited for the opportunity. Stay tuned, Utah fans. We'll see if we can pry some of those things out of either Andy or Brant as we get a little bit closer to the season here. Is there a, um, is there a giddiness or a, a, an excitement when you're in the huddle and then Cam calls the play out and you know the play? 
and you know it's coming. You have a pretty good idea it's coming your way. Get a little excited about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, he'll say some things, especially depending on the play, he'll be like, be ready or um, just kind of look for it. But also at the same time, when he calls the play, I line up. Depending on the coverage, you know you're going to get the ball. Uh, if it's man, if it's man coverage and it's a man route, you're either like, I have to win this route because he's going to be looking my way and I'm really the only option or he's going to run it. So it does get a little bit giddy, but at the same time, I'm kind of used to it because it's all work and um, it's an opportunity to get open or get the ball. And if I don't get it, someone else is going to get it. And uh, a little bit giddy, but I wouldn't say too much anymore. Is there a play you can remember when it came in in a certain situation that you heard the play call and you knew it was coming your way and you got pretty excited about it. And I'm, I'm thinking about this because we're doing this thing called Classic Calls every Saturday here on the radio station throughout the month of August. We're playing back games from last year. Uh, the first game was the Rose Bowl two weeks ago. Last week was the USC game. You, you scored on an end around last year in the USC yeah. game in the red zone. It was, a, I think, 11 or 12-yard run. You were second or third down, and, and they called your name. So you're in the red zone. The play comes in. It is designed for you. Get a little extra excited about that. Well, so the good thing about Do you remember that, that play, play, by the yeah, way, yeah. The, the good thing about that play was a tempo play. So um, our offense, we call multiple plays in the huddle, and so um, we called a play. Well, we called two plays. The first play we run, and we already have the second play, so we line up, line up, line up. If you go back and watch the play, we didn't huddle okay. because we already knew the second play. And um, when they call it. Blah, blah blah, and then it's tempo. We got we got another play. I already knew what the second play was, and it was the end around. So the first one you just have to do your job, and the second one just hopefully we all line up faster than them, so they're not ready to go, get the ball and run. Well, yeah, and on the end around too, you got to do your job, but the tackle and the wide receiver or another tight end on that strong or weak side, they have to do their job too. Otherwise, it's a two yard gain instead of an eleven yard touchdown. Yeah, and. I think it's it's great for them, especially. I mean, I wouldn't have scored that touchdown if I didn't get good blocks. Um, and I think Dalton was on that play. He had a good block. Um, not sure of the receivers who was on. I think Solomon was was on that side too. But uh, all those guys made great blocks on the perimeter, and um, especially for an in around like that, the interior is not a big problem because uh, we're moving so fast and they don't they don't expect it. So as soon as I get the ball, I'm already outside the box. So it's really about perimeter and. Those guys make great blocks, and I mean, I wouldn't be able to score without those guys making those blocks. Yeah, I don't think anybody touched you either. You went right at the pylon. I think you were in untouched. It's always fun to run the way of Satawa too. You yeah. run, you run to the right side. Uh, odds are he's going to break up at least one, if not two, guys on that side. Yeah, it's easy. Uh, whenever you have to walk <laughs> find in, number seventy-eight yeah. and follow when, him. When, when you walk into the end zone, it's nice to be able to sit there and be like, "Wow, I didn't even have to get hit. Wow, like I don't, I'm not hurting or anything. Wow, okay, this is easy and." kind of just give credit to those guys that my jersey is clean and a lot of theirs isn't. Was that the game that changed the season for you guys last year, do you think? Um, I felt like it was the game where you guys – it, it released some burden, obviously. You guys were coming off Aaron's death, the bye week in Aaron's death. But I also felt like it was the first time all year long. You had won two other games, but you guys looked like you were having fun and you had a little swagger out there. Does that make sense? Yeah, and – Especially after everything that happened, it, it was a good game to get a win in, especially in the Coliseum where I don't know how many years we haven't won there. But never. They yeah, have never won in the Coliseum. Never won, and uh, we beat USC, and no matter how good of the team was, um, that was the first time winning. And it was a great feeling to have, especially after everything that happened. And 
Um, I'm not sure if that was the turning point because I think we uh, we lost against Oregon State. Yeah. And then after that, it, we kind of made that run, and I think that was kind of a testament to um, the adversity that we've been facing and. Everything happens for a reason. Um, glad that happened, but yeah, SC was a good win to have. Yeah, this week's classic call. There's only two left. There's because two Saturdays, and then we're we're at Gainesville. But this, this Saturday's the Oregon game, the all gas no breaks game up at Rice Eccles Stadium. I've been around this market 21 years. I've been around Utah 18 years. I've been the voice of the U.S. 14 years. I can't ever recall an atmosphere up there like that game a year ago. What 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 do you what do you I mean we're teasing classic calls now noon Saturday Utah Oregon but what 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 stood out most about that game it felt like a perfect storm that night of everything kind of coming together yeah um, guys are making plays everywhere and I think just the atmosphere that we had and kind of the mindset we had is um, I mean I've lost to Oregon multiple times and I'm tired of losing <laughs> to them and especially two high ranked opponents especially I think they were. They were third. Yeah, they were ranked third. And uh, just having them come in and the fans that we had and the plays that we made, um, I remember one of the first plays that I had, I I had a drop. And I remember sitting there, I'm like, this is how it's going to start. And uh, after that, kind of just the ball just kept got rolling and uh, I made some plays. But a lot of guys made plays. Britt um, had the end-around punt return uh, at the end of the second quarter. Um, yeah, it was the last play of the yeah. half. They They kicked to him – on the last play of the half. Yeah, and <laughs> it was insane, especially for the punt return unit. A lot of guys made great blocks, key blocks, uh, blocks they had, they had to take and blocks The that- best block on that play, if you remember, was Makai's non-block. He, if he goes to block the guy, he probably gets flagged because the guy, it was like, but he just kind of threw his body, he just got his body a little bit but didn't touch the guy. Otherwise, the punt might have come back. Yeah, and- we call that the box out method because, um, I mean, you can use a body to block, but as soon as you use your hands, if you hit them in the back, block in the back. And uh, great technique, especially Coach Shaw implements it on the punt return unit. Uh, great. And those guys did a great job. And guys are making plays all around the field. And it was great to see that because we're finally having fun. We're finally making plays and sitting there like, we know what we are capable of. We just have to go out and do it. If I'm not mistaken, that was also the game where you took your man on a goal line play like into the south end zone, right? You took yeah. him like up into the stands over the thing. I remember that because I watched it on the replay. Then I went back and watched the game, and Todd Blackledge, the analyst for ABC that night, noted you you got your guy, and it was defensive end, I think, for Oregon, and you literally drove him through the back of the end zone and almost into the new seats there in the Ken Garf <laughs> south end zone. Yeah, I mean um... – <laughs> Whenever I saw him, I started blocking him. Uh, you kind of have a sense that you can kind of take him wherever you want to go. And, Put him on skates. Uh, yeah, and I sat there and I was like, why not do that? I mean, every single play you should go 100%. And I was sitting there, I'm like, might as well go through the whistle. Instead of just stopping at the whistle, go through it. And, uh, I mean, I just saw the opportunity. I just decided to throw him. See, that's the clip you show, Keithy, when they tell you you can't block. Hey, Keithy's <laughs> just a receiving tight end. He, that, then you pull out that tape from the Oregon game, receiving my butt, watch this play. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, those are big moments, but I kind of have to look at the bigger picture. And um, I mean, I like to say that I'm a good blocker, but everyone has their own opinions. And at um, the end of the day, I don't really have to listen to every single person's. And uh, it, it's great kind of see the progress that I've made, but – I still have a good amount to go, and uh, just kind of excited to see where it, 
it takes me this year. By the way, speaking of, we mentioned special teams a minute ago. Uh, Britton Covey is no longer here. He's trying his best to make the Philadelphia Eagles, and things are looking good there for Britton. Um, your name was mentioned the other day in a group of guys as they're trying to figure out who's going to return punts this year. Brant Keithy, offensive weapon and special teams weapon too. Might we see you? Are you in the mix? Do you want to do that? Yeah, and uh, I went to Coach Sean, told him, why not try and catch punts? Because I did it a couple times in high school, but um, haven't done it in four years, especially having a guy like Britt. Um, I saw there's really no need, especially kind of I would need to make big strides in that game because uh, – I, I, catching punts is a little bit different than catching kickoffs. And I did in high school, but um, in college level, guys can kind of spin the ball and kind of take it where they want to go. And um, I'm kind of excited to see it. Not sure if I'm going to be doing it, but um, who knows? Uh, I'm making progress every single day. And if I do it and get the opportunity to do it, I'm just going to take it and run with it. Now, you don't play a lot of them, but you play some of it. But, you know, one of the real issues for you guys at times last year was special teams. It was kind of uncharacteristic, too, for Utah because generally you guys have some of the better special teams units in, in the country. Do you feel like that's been an emphasis this offseason, this fall? Do you feel like the special teams unit overall will be better? Yeah, and um, over the years it's been great, but there's been shaky moments, especially last year and the year before that. But, um, yeah, Coach Shaw, all, all, the, all the coaches have been big emphasis on special teams, and that's the main priority you're not going to play on special teams, then why should you play on offense or defense? Because um, special teams are, is the main priority, and I think they made it a key focus in this offseason and uh, this fall camp that we need to get this straight because without a good special teams, we're not a good team. Well, yeah, and, and if you look, I mean, great programs have some of their better players, not all their best players, but some of their better players play in special teams because it's important whether you're a gunner on the outside, whether you're a guy blocking inside, whether you're a guy like you fielding punt, whatever it might be, good teams will do that. Sometimes you have to put some of your best guys out there. Yeah, and you see in the NFL a lot of the guys, especially starters, some starters play special teams. Yeah. And uh, I think our program prides us on that because, uh, I mean, if you can play special teams, you can play anywhere. And a lot of guys have gotten opportunities at the next level who just played special teams here at the next level to play special teams there. And uh, I think it's a testament to kind of the program that we have is we take it so seriously that um, a lot of the guys like that who maybe not see the field on offense and defense have an opportunity to go to the next level for special teams. Take us inside the backup quarterback job because it's not been decided yet. At least it hasn't been publicly. Both Andy Ludwig and Kyle Whittingham said they hope maybe by the end of this week to get it solidified. But what have you seen from Bryson and J.J.? Yeah, uh, this past scrimmage, they both did a great job. Um, J.J. was running the ball very well and throwing the ball, and Bryson kind of just is Bryson. Uh, (laughs) Takes command, and uh, he's great at what he does, and I'm excited to see who they decide to pick at the end of the day. Um, I'm rooting for both of them, but um, I know both of them have that competitive spirit in them and want to win that job. But um, not sure kind of where it falls along the lines, but uh, they're both doing a great job in making progress. Either of the young bucks jumping out at all? I mean, I don't know how much you're running with Brandon or Nate or if you're catching many passes from those guys. I'm sure especially Nate still swimming a little bit because he got here this summer and Brandon was at least here in the spring. But, you know, is there uh, – can you see some talent there? Can you see those guys and what they bring? Yeah. Uh, Brandon's kind of tricky. He's surprisingly elusive. Okay. And uh, he, he can sling the ball. And, Nate, you kind of know what he can do. He can run and he can throw the ball. He needs to sharpen up some things, but they're both young guys, and uh, they still kind of 
have a lot of time to learn and grow, especially um, being behind a guy like Cam and kind of seeing how he moves and the things that he knows is, is great for them because uh, I think having a guy like that, they only can go up from here. And uh, I'm kind of excited to see where they go. Um, haven't been able to do much with them, but kind of the little things I have, it's, it's exciting to see. Yeah, it's I'm all, I, that young quarter it, because you know this. It's such a hard position to evaluate and project. Being great at the high school level, it sometimes has nothing to do with being great at the next level too. And it's just such a hard jump to make that it's always interesting to me. You look at a guy like Bryson Barnes. I mean, he was a great high school quarterback, but it was he was a one A high school quarterback. He was playing against not not much. But the guy steps into the Rose Bowl, and you would have never known that he was a 1A player of the year, not a 5 or 6A player of the year. But sometimes you'll have guys that play at the high level, and it just doesn't click for them. That's why it's there, there's no way of knowing. You just have to let that thing play out. And, then, and and sometimes it takes more than a year. Sometimes it takes a guy a couple of years, and then it clicks. Yeah, and uh, especially a guy for Bryson, just testament to his preparation. And uh, at the quarterback position, it, that's a big key thing, especially – Coming from a 1A school and going to the Rose Bowl and playing like he did is insane. But uh, the preparation that he makes and he does for himself, um, he's always ready. And that's a, that's a guy that every team needs. Who cares where you're from or what team you played on or um, what division or whatever. It doesn't matter at the end of the day because we're all at the same place. We all have a common goal, and that's winning. And uh, for a guy like that, he's bought in so much that when he got put in, he took advantage of his opportunity and ran with it, and he made great plays. Well, I say this all the time. Whether you were a one-star or a five-star, once you go in that locker room for the first time as a freshman, nobody in that locker room cares what you did before, do they? No. Nobody cares at all. In fact, they're probably a little dismissive of it. What can you do now? That's what we want to see, young man. Yeah, stars don't matter. It's it's cool in high school. Kind of Guys kind of love it, and I didn't really care How many stars did you have? I think I had three. Three? And, yeah, I mean, you get kind of hurt. You're like, man, I, w- I wish I was a four or five-star. But then you really realize it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Whenever you sign with the team, you get into that locker room, no one's talking about how many stars you had, um, who you had offers from, because you're not at those other places. You signed with this team for a reason, and you're in this locker room. Now we're all the same. We're all equals, and um, it's about – how we can make each other better and who's going to make plays. So, Brant Keithy with us for a couple of more minutes, and we'll cut him loose here. Um, uh, brought to you by Craig Swap and Associates. So, camp ends over the weekend. You'll be. Are you about ready for camp to be done? About ready to get into kind of the regular, regular weekly routine? Are you good? Um, no, I've been good. I've been kind of just enjoying this time and taking advantage because uh, I only have four or five months left here. And I can't come back again. Surprisingly, yeah, I, I can't come back. So, isn't it weird? Yeah. By the way, I was talking about this the other day um, because my daughter's starting college. You just—it's one of those things. When you get older, you'll realize it someday. But you know, when you're 18 years old, time feels like it's so slow. But it's amazing. For just four years later, when you're 22 or so, time just feels like it. Fl- and now you look back on it, you can't believe it's been four, almost five years, can you? Yeah, I remember when I first got here. I was young. Uh, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and. I was like, wow, this is going to be a grind. If I have to be here for four years, uh, I kind of have to get myself ready. And now all of a sudden, it's felt like a blink. Uh, four years have gone by so fast. And I'm like, wow, um, it feels like yesterday I was a freshman. And now I'm a fifth-year senior. And uh, it kind of just makes you appreciate a lot of the things that 
we didn't appreciate before and um, kind of the workouts this past summer that was my last summer workouts and uh well at least as a collegian yeah in in utah uh for the utah youth yep. it was my last summer workout and i kind of sat there and um i, I kind of go over the field every single day and just realize like time is kind of limited at this point and uh i want to appreciate the time i have because who knows like i i may not be be back for a while and uh just makes me appreciate especially the guys in this program and kind of the guys that I've been with because a lot of the guys I won't see for a while and um, just trying to take advantage of every opportunity I can spend it with those guys well if you think about it you've had an unbelievable career and experienced so much here I mean you came in and this program was turning the corner and you've played in three Pac-12 championship games it's pretty amazing and then you know you experienced the crazy COVID year which impacted everybody you had two of your friends and teammates die. And then you got to experience, you know, something nobody in this program, you, you helped bring a championship here. And now who knows what is here this year. So you think back on it, it's been an unbelievable run and you still have a chance to add to that legacy. Yeah. And I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, all the things that happened, life has been crazy. And uh, I mean, you don't really ask for things to happen. They just kind of yeah. sort of do, but I wouldn't change it, especially the guys in this program. Um, we preach about family, and a lot of teams do, but our team is really a family. Uh, the things that we went through, a lot of teams I don't think could have gone through it. And uh, especially during a season, going through that and, and playing through that and going and winning a Pac-12 championship and then going to the Rose Bowl, yeah, we fell short, but uh, the things that we did during the season and if I kind of look at the greater whole over the past four years, there's been a lot of things that I've been through and other guys that have been through, but that's just kind of what we have to go through and kind of makes you who you are. And I'm excited to see what this 2022 team can do. Uh, it's starting right now, but it starts game one in Florida. And uh, I think that's going to be a big telltale sign. Maybe not. Uh, you saw last year how we lost against BYU and San Diego State. And uh, who knows, the season looked like it was going to be bad until we turned around, Cam came in and uh, played well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how this team goes. Uh, I'm just kind of appreciative of the time that I have left, and I'm excited to see what we can do. Last thing, uh, based on what you were just kind of saying with the legacy and what you guys have built, um, you were ranked number seven in the preseason in the Associated Press poll, which is kind of the poll everybody looks at. It's the highest ranking the program has ever had in the preseason. Now, now I know it doesn't mean anything because you got to go out and do it. But it does mean something. It means that people recognize what you guys have done and what you've built here. It really is a recognition of the last few years and what you guys have led to. Yeah, we're finally getting that respect kind of in the national level. And, um, yeah, it's preseason. We don't really care about it because at the end of the day, it's just rankings. And uh, we try not to look at it too much because uh, we're kind of looking at the whole season as a whole especially game one. But, uh, yeah, it's nice to have uh, the respect that we're finally getting, but I don't think it's enough. And I think this season we kind of can make a leap in, into that. And who knows, um, next year we could be ranked number three preseason. Like, you never know, but it's nice to have that respect finally. Well, that that's what it is. It's a respect for what you guys have done, what Kyle has built. And, again, now you have to go out and back that ranking up. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We're uh, We're 17 days away from Florida which is crazy. We've been counting this thing down from the 100-day mark, and it's absolutely crazy. Well, uh, thanks for coming in, as always. Uh, continued success on the practice field. Stay healthy. We'll talk to you next week.
Appreciate we'll talk more about Florida next yeah, week. Sounds good. All right, that's Brant Keithy with us here on the Bill Riley Show today, brought to you by our friends at Craig Swap and Associates. One call, that's all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.